today, a podcast series that focuses on big data and analytics and the latest trends in the digital world. I am your co-host, Jeremy Roberts, and with me always is my co-host, Samir Khan. What is up, Samir? Jeremy, how are you? Very awesome. So today is an exciting one. This is one of those awesome, awesome podcasts where we had a guest or a listener find us, contact us, and say, I want to be on your show because it's fantastic. And holy crap, did we get a rock star this time. And, and the cool way, and we'll introduce him a little bit, but in the cool way that we did it is he sent us this video of, you know, uh, of, of his uh, music video. Or, yeah. Yeah. Very, like very the song, thing. Digital <laughs> Analytics Anthem. And Samir and I were actually together at a, at a conference and he was speaking there and I turned it on for people and they're like, holy crap, this dude is totally is like right up your alley. This is the kind of guy for you guys that like totally geeks out with you. So we're really excited um, to have our guest today. Uh, let me make sure I pronounce it right. Tian K. Feng. Is that mm -hmm. correct? Sounds good. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> so we're going to go by Kai, right? Mm -hmm. That's easier. We're going to go by Kai exactly. today. So sure. Kai is, is the, um, well, actually, so today's podcast title is why digital analytics deserved an anthem and a kick-ass reputation. I'm totally mm -hmm. down for that, right? <laughs> and so Kai is actually the director of voice and consumer analytics at uh, Adidas, or as properly pronounced, Adidas. Oh, correct. Yeah, yes. good one. Um, <laughs> well done. <laughs> people, don't, people don't know the story about the Adi and uh, the, the two brothers, you know, back mm -hmm. in the day. I mean, I, I'm a fanatic, so. Um, so let me give his intro first. So Kai loves uh, combining the rational uh, the rationale with the with the creative right so while he's also the director of voice of consumer analytics at adidas headquarters by day in actually germany right mm -hmm, correct um making sense of all kinds of digital consumer feedback and around sneakers and sports by night he is a passionate musician and songwriter so this is pretty badass right so he's worked in marketing analytics his whole adult life by night and then um he's adult life in china and germany but he also recently combined his two interests in resulting in the digital analytics anthem. So this is going to be a really cool song. We're going to show a clip from this. Um, Samir, do we want to do a clip real fast? With yeah, that? let's do the clip. Okay. We're going to do a clip real fast. Cue it. Yo, to all the digital analysts out there, this is for you. So listen up, yo. Take a deep breath, and I open up my laptop. Hacking in my 16-bit super encrypted password. Spotify knows my jam. Hashtag productivity. Every morning I get in my zone with this ceremony. Open up my inbox so the game begins now. Bold subject lines with a bunch of exclamation marks. KPIs, KPIs, all I read is KPIs. Nothing Okay, that was yeah, that was that, that was badass. <laughs> so it, it's catchy. You know what I mean? It's Wait. one of those things where it's catchy, and then you know you kind of. I guess let, let's just get you on board. So why did you write the song, man? This is Yeah, sure. I mean, first of all, thanks a lot for having me. It's, it's really exciting for me to be part of this Analytics Today podcast. I'm always a fan of the podcast, so it's, it's great to be here. So uh, why did I write the song, right? Um, I guess it comes from a place where um, I feel like digital analytics has already has the stereotype of being just the data guys. <laughs> so, right. So most, a lot of the requests that I even get sometimes on the day to day is like, can you send me those numbers or can you send me a dashboard? But um, the, the real beauty of analytics is of course to translate data into insights and into actions. 
um, which I think we're not getting uh, enough credibility or enough um, basically respect for. So, I mean, one line in my in my song, for example, is dashboards, dashboards. All they want is dashboards. Sorry, but just looking at some charts doesn't make you smart. And it comes from a place of <laughs> real things, right? Like those actually happen in emails. <laughs> so um, I basically also added, for example, in the lyrics, some cool analysts from pop culture. So, yeah. for example, I guess Q is to James Bond, the analyst that he needs, yep. or Chloe O'Brien uh, to Jack Bauer in 24, for example, who's always doing the kick-ass computer stuff, right? Yep. <laughs> for Jack Bauer. And of course, we have Benji, obviously, Ethan from the Mission Impossible franchise. And nice. always also getting into the data and all of the, the main sidekicks are all analysts. Like, or the main side, that's what, that's what it is, right? If the sidekicks exactly. are not there, the hero is not going to get but mission without, accomplished. But without the analysts, they can't do their job. They're just guessing. Exactly. They can't accomplish things. Yeah. They look terrible. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so um, I, I, I'm glad that we all agree on that point. <laughs> yeah. No, so, it's uh, that was kind fantastic. of the reason. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, uh, full disclaimer, rap is not really the music I usually do. So this was a first for me from a musical point of view as well. Mm. But the whole idea was that rap obviously has this connotation of being critical about society, but also just being cooler, let's say, than pop singers. So the idea was a little bit to mix it up for myself as well and nice. to uh, do those lyrics more in a rap format and then having like a catchy um, singing uh, chorus in the middle. Nice. So yeah, that's uh, kind of my song in a nutshell. Very cool. Uh, and so Samir, before good. we go on to the next question, what I want to do is, uh, if you don't mind, kind of tell us what you what you do right now at Adidas. Like, what, what is your role? Sure. So uh, I'm the director for Voice of Consumer Analytics at Adidas headquarters. So um, within analytics, the organization of analytics in, in Adidas, we are basically split into subject matter experts with mm -hmm. different people and different teams having different specialties in what they understand and what kind of data they're familiar with. And for me, Voice of Consumer Analytics basically looks over different consumer feedback channels we have um, in the digital space, meaning there's social media, obviously, there's product reviews on e-commerce, there's also survey-based data that we get for UX um, testing, for example. And basically, I am leading that area where we combine all of these um, insights together to make better decisions as a company That's and awesome. to be more consumer-centric, basically. That's awesome. Very good. It's like I, I would just want to hang out with you for a week at your job and just kind of <laughs> geek out over the stuff you get to see. I mean, from from the experiences and the roles that Samir and I both had, mm -hmm. you're kind of speaking our language here. You know, yeah, this is, you understand uh, us. Yeah, I feel yeah. so good. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's like I think our listeners are like, man, these dudes are geeking out, and it's the nerdiest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. And we're all excited about each other's jobs as data dorks, and they love yeah. it. That's so, true. Yeah, and I, I guess what, yeah, I mean, what makes it interesting though, right? So for us, the biggest consumer bases are either athletes or sports enthusiasts, right? And on the other side, obviously, we also have the sneakerheads and like the, the hype people, so to say. And the, both or of the those marketers, groups, man, don't forget them. I love them. Of course, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, those are not by definition the geeky guys, right? Those are no, actually right. the more cooler sure. guys, the jocks of the world, so to say. So, right. But right. by yeah. analyzing them or what they're saying or what they're doing and so on, it becomes kind of geeky for me. So that, that's kind of the interesting part of it all. So <laughs> my, my almost daily wear of shoes, because I, I, I get to work from home, I wear my custom Adidas uh, tennis shoes that I ordered online and I pick the colors. Great. My Good every choice. day, every day I wear. <laughs> That's yeah. I'm going to actually, yeah, keep talking. I'm actually going to show you on video. This is kind of cool. Okay. 
people sure. who are listening. No way, you're not wearing the, them, Jeremy. Don't like, tell what me what the hell is he doing? <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Keep going, keep going. Okay, yeah. okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, Samir, right. you got well, any Adidas stuff? <laughs> uh, I do, I do. I used to have uh, in the, back in India actually. I used to have uh, Adidas was my favorite. Like I was not oh. a huge fan of Nike, although I would tell you, see, Jeremy nice shoes, Jeremy. Yeah, they have my name. Nice. They have my name inside of them, so oh my nobody God. can Look steal my shoes. Like, that's really geeky. This, now, this has to go on video. Yeah, Yanka, awesome. we thought about the audio, and this this will go on video. This will be your okay. first video <laughs> podcast show that's gonna go everywhere. But that's so funny. Sure, but let's go viral. That, like, yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Adidas has always been my favorite, although it's, uh, we interviewed a person that uh, a company that was acquired by Nike. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So we, oh, wow. uh, we, we like them as well. But at the same time, like Adidas has definitely been something that uh, in, in India, actually, I don't know how much you know, Adidas are at one point of time, Adidas were more famous uh, than Nike. Wow. It was a brand mm-hmm. that people really liked. And, and I also think it was much more affordable than Nike. And that was probably one of the reasons why. It was uh, it was one of the better brands than Nike. That's well, cool. so yeah. to continuing yeah. uh, uh, continuing the conversation, it's interesting. Like you you started as a consultant at mm-hmm. the at a company called TD Reply, and then moved mm-hmm. on to becoming the director of voice consumer analytics at Adidas. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about your fascinating journey here? Sure. I mean, let me start from the very beginning of my adult life, which is when I graduated from university. So that was in the Technical Institute of Berlin, here in the capital of Germany. You don't and want to share I... your adventures from your college or high school? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> They're not NSFW. Yeah, exactly. Unless you were like pre-med. Unless you went something like pre-med all the way to to data. Because, I mean, that's what I did. I started pre-med in college. And... I, so th- I, sorry to interrupt, but I mean, this is, it's kind of relevant. So, you know, I started pre-med mm-hmm. and I remember one day in my class, the professor was saying something like, you guys aren't passionate about this. You need to do a job that you're passionate about and you love every day and something you really want to do. And you need to be able, like when you go to the movies and you're with your girlfriend on the other seat next to you is your biology book. Cause you need to have this with you everywhere you go. You need to wake up and live and breathe medicine. And, and I wow. said, you know what? I'm not uh, passionate uh, yeah. about this. <laughs> so, I, I, I would like, just put it like my, my, my past says mistakes were made, but not by me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I moved out of it because I didn't have a passion for it. And I found something that I have a passion for. Uh, so I don't know if that's but, your journey. I mean, that's interesting. But in a certain way, this professor gave you exactly the right nudge to go your own passionate way by, by exactly. actually getting you rid of his own class. Right. So yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's cool. <laughs> so then how yeah. did you get to yours? So basically, uh, this is what happened. So um, I studied um, um, this major called business administration and engineering, which in Germany basically is the mix between economics, business, and some engineering stuff. But you can choose your focus areas. So what I basically did was choosing marketing slash business administration as one focus, and the other one being IT uh, information technology, so to say. And without knowing it, I actually studied kind of analytics already because this mix is exactly what is now needed in this analytics world. But by then, I didn't even know about the word analytics yet. But everything was called market research, right? Back in the days. Oh. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, after that happened, I actually had an opportunity to work for TD Reply in uh, Beijing. So, in the capital of China. Mm-hmm. That was for two reasons. One of them was uh, having the chance of being an expert right away. Uh, being cool. sent over from Germany is really cool. 
And the second one, obviously, my parents are from China. I grew up in Germany. So I was always wanting to be longer in China to explore my yeah. So this Your was guy. basically um, tackling both things at the same time. Um, and China was very exciting. So I think um, analytics was uh, when what was just blooming. Obviously, in China, you have much more data available since you don't have all these privacy uh, concerns from the consumers there. So there was just a lot of data to analyze, but also China was much faster um, than anything else in the Western world. So it was really a really strong work rhythm. Um, not so much work-life balance, I would say, but generally I grew a lot professionally. Mm. And um, after I think four years, mm. yeah, four years um, working there, I returned to Berlin for the headquarters of TD Reply, continued a bit more for some uh, other clients that the company had, but then finally got an offer by Adidas um, and basically switching from very big in Beijing to a little bit smaller in Berlin to the very small Herzogen Aurach, which is a village here in uh, Germany, in Bavaria, where Adidas oh. headquarters is based. Um, but it's all good. So it's, um, it's very exciting now here at Adidas. I had a few different responsibilities, but I ended up now for a year and more as it, director it, of Voice of Consumer Analytics. Mm -hmm. that's, that's fantastic journey. Seems like, you know, you've gone from working big corporation, major cities, to still working in bigger corporations in smaller and smaller cities. Uh, what types of challenges have you learned? Uh, you know, what, what are the things that you have to overcome during this transition period? Um, I would say um, coming from consulting, right? Um, work and the client relationship was very, very important. And uh, since everything is based on client projects, that was really a big deal of keeping also kind of a semi-personal relationship with them to being always good to each other. And especially when you work so long, then you hang out with your clients almost and you almost have like spent so much time of your day with them yeah. that you make create this right. bond right and i think moving now to this big organization like adidas uh, obviously you don't really have clients anymore i mean clients from a bigger sense as in customers and consumers yeah, obviously consumers, so, right yeah exactly. exactly but today today looks much more as in collaborating across departments which i had to learn kind of is different than treating clients because hmm. um working with um your colleagues more and departments that you probably are not really physically and virtually not close to and all of a sudden you have to work together is um, an interesting way of getting to know different teams but not having that almost that pressure that it might not work out because in the end at least you yeah. all follow the same goals it's not about somebody right. making money from the other one and uh, that collaboration itself was an um, exercise on its own so really trying to be collaborative working with very different characters within the organization um, that also has been very exciting for sure. So do you think there's been a, a strong data, a, a culture of data that's really pushed this synergy? Because a lot of times, you know, Samir and I, um, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, the five pillars to a digital transformation, you know, people process technology, but we also add in data and culture as those mm -hmm. two other pillars. And mm -hmm. for us, we see that if you don't have a culture of data, a culture of innovation, a culture of change, nothing's going to happen. You know, it, it, it's going to. So is that something that you see in your workplace that's that's made like the, the catalyst? For sure. I think even like from very top down from all the way from our board and CEO and CFO and all these top leaders, they are all very fact based people and data driven people. And um, a lot of the decisions that are being made, we need to create first some data transparency around and show some potential um, before anything is being decided on. And I think um, on a corporate level, that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, every corporate is one or one way or another uh, after profit. 
but even for the more softer aspects when it comes to creative decisions, right? So when it's about campaigns, for example, or mm -hmm. storytelling and all these buzzwords that we have, um, this is where actually it gets kind of tricky because you, you cannot, it's hard to measure on the first hand, but at the same time, you can at least identify patterns, how certain stories in a certain way, for example, have an effect or not. Uh, but the culture basically having rational-based and fact-based decisions versus gut feeling and creative expertise is still existing um, in certain ways. Yeah. But um, I think we're slowly overcoming that. So I think there's just a middle ground that has to be found. And Very it's cool. more about not being that stubborn about your own point of view and trying to understand the other side. So, so Samir, before you go to the next question, I have a, a question from your journey. Yeah, yeah, please go ahead. Is there anybody in your journey that you can go back and give props to? Is there anybody who's like, I had a manager that told me this, or I had a mentor that, that gave me, you know, this advice, or there was there uh, like some light bulb that shined and said, holy crap, I want to get into this because, you know, as you're starting to go through it, there's so many different directions you can go. Did you have any aha moments or how did that work? Um, I mean, that's a good one. I think I definitely from my line managers that I had at TV reply, but also at Adidas, um, they all have uh, given me a lot of, um, let's say, inspiration and guidance oh on how to be a better leader. Mm -hmm. But I, I got to say that myself, I did a lot on self-initiative. So I chose a lot of ways I wanted to go. Nice. And I basically tried to make uh, my job as interesting as possible for myself. And I, I think, like <laughs> right, <laughs> especially in analytics, you have that um, almost um, that luxury that you are the expert of the data. So how you communicate it, how you slice and dice it, it's really up to you as long as you can make it understandable by whoever you're communicating it to. And that really, um, after having identified that part of it, I really try to make it as creative as possible, right? So that means besides PowerPoints and stuff, obviously creating um, easy intuitive dashboards. I mean, yep. back to the song, right? But <laughs> even then like having new formats of communicating insights like, um, more through um, presentations, interactive storytelling. Um, workshops. Storytelling, yeah. correct. Um, so that really um, was important. But I have to say, I mean, a few of my line managers, for sure, along my journey, all of them had a great impact on me. And I'm really grateful to all of them that uh, that have supported me throughout that whole journey so far. Very cool. Well, that's, that's great. I mean, you know, you, you're the kind of person who will definitely would like to see there. So we're, we're really excited what else you have coming up, up and coming. So with that, uh, Jeremy, mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to go for the next one. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I guess when you talk about challenges you're facing, so we're, we're talking about voice of consumer analytics. Let's mm -hmm. first define that because we have a variety of listeners. We have listeners who are, I, I guess you say beginner marketers, right? Coming mm -hmm. in, they find our podcast and they're sitting there listening okay, I, I'm just getting into the marketing space. I really want to learn about marketing analytics. And then we have some hardcore people, you know, they're like, mm. I get it, dude, but you know what? Let's, <laughs> let's listen to your definition. How do you, how do you first describe consumer analytics? What does that mean to you? So um, Buzz of Consumer Analytics really is about um, understanding um, and listening to what our consumers are saying about us as a brand and about the industry in, in a wider sense. And that means that we look into all the different digital channels where consumers are saying stuff about us in a simple way. That means, for example, a lot on social media, obviously, but also we have our e-commerce website, right? Adidas.com, where people can leave reviews to the products they have bought. So we look into those as well. But also we look into, for example, our uh, 
um, on-site surveys. So people can leave feedback for the browsing experience or the purchase experience. All of those we are already collecting. And the sure. whole point is, yeah. No, go for it, please. Sure. I mean, um, just on social media alone, um, we live in a world where every day we have more than 260,000 um, posts just on Adidas as a brand, wow. which wow. is a lot, right? Um, and so this makes um, us basically very urgent in trying to have more advanced methods of analyzing those feedback because nobody can analyze manually 260,000 no. posts and read through them every day. So we really need to be more advanced. So using data science skills, using um, hmm. basically text mining, natural language processing to get there. Sounds the whole like, idea obviously yeah. is to um, be more consumer centric in decisions we make because a lot of things we assume the consumer wants, but we can only really validate if they want it by hearing them out and letting them say that they want to have it or they like something or not. Hmm. So that's kind of the whole logic behind it. And so with that, you're pulling in first, second, and third party data. First meaning primary direct feedback to you on your properties. Secondary Correct. meaning like through social media and tertiary meaning like maybe underlying behaviors and attributes that you see as an effect of maybe somebody signing up, uh, logging in with an account or a newsletter or something like that, right? Yeah, correct. Exactly. Very cool. Cool. Yeah. So I, I guess then what are the challenges? Like if you, if you have all this first and second, third party data, I mean, mm -hmm. what, what are you, what are you battling today? I mean, this is 2020. Obviously the digital landscape is crazy. I mean, Samir and I, almost every single podcast, we talk about the Scott Brinker, right? The, the, mm. you know, the digital landscape growing from, you know, 150 companies in 2011 to over 7,000 different technologies. I mean, is technologies your problem or what is the biggest problem that you have today to, to get there? Yeah. I mean, I guess from um, recent years, I think one of the biggest challenges for sure is the social media landscape itself. Um, I mean, having seen Mark Zuckerberg's hearing at the Senate, right? But also <laughs> everything else in Europe, like GDPR, like anything yeah. about data privacy is creating definitely challenges for us. I mean, social media will always be a channel that we are not owning as a brand. It will always be a channel that we are having the opportunity to share it with other brands, right? And that's mm -hmm. really owned by the big corporations like Facebook and Twitter and yeah. so on, um, meaning that we are dependent on them. So when uh, consumers decide to turn on them or when they decide to change their legal and whole um, data infrastructure, yeah. then we have to react. We can never really anticipate unless they say that something is going to happen. But I mean, this have, has definitely led to some uh, challenges already um, by just having less data available and not knowing as much as before. Plus, um, there's always new social media channels coming up, right? I think one of the most recent ones, obviously, is TikTok. Um, it's hugely popular uh, um, within young people. Uh, they're all doing their music videos and whatever on there. Um, but we don't really have access to the data in a more automated way, right? So we can dip in it and we can see a little bit how it's going and so on. But it's not as mature in, in terms of the data transfer as, uh, for example, um, Twitter and Facebook, Instagram for now are. So yeah, that's, cool. that's one of the challenges. Um, the next one, I think another one would be the processing part of it. So um, having all of the data and having so much consumer feedback about us every day is definitely great because that gives us a lot of data to analyze. But um, it's really challenging to get to a more cutting edge way to analyze them in a proper and accurate way. Mm -hmm. Why I say that is because we deal a lot with um, text, right? Text mining is basically the key to understanding what consumers are saying. But um, the biggest challenge I would call is slang, 
because not only did internet change the how people talk to each other online and offline mm -hmm. different communities in their own niche also talk in a different way now so sneakerheads talk very differently than let's say the power gym goers. It's, it's its own language correct exactly yeah. and um, you can have any algorithm you want but in the end for us as an adidas um, as this brand that goes into all these different niches we need to understand as the sneakerheads as well as the uh, power athletes as well as all these other um, different groups that we have like the casual runners for example mm -hmm. to um, basically make most sense of what they're saying and then basically also include that in our marketing communications but um, keeping up with it having the right processing power uh, having the right analysis of those definitely um, has been a challenge as well interesting very cool yeah and yeah, the last very interesting. yeah cool um, and the last one i guess is basically being able to analyze it having the right data and analyzing them um it's basically to create then the right insights for the right people at the right time so it's more about having all these data is obviously luxury that not all of the brands can say about them but um internally to really get those insights then to the right people and to have that on time to make better decisions because Obviously, there are certain decision milestones along everything that we do um, is one of the things that I think is very applicable only to big companies where you have mm -hmm. so many people working in it, right? So um, knowing yeah. who is actually working on what and trying to flag it to them that we need to do this now um, has not always been easy. But um, this is something where democratizing data and making it just transparent to more people yep. in the company has definitely helped. Definitely, those are the right That's buzzwords right. for it. Yeah. yeah, and can you tell a little bit more about uh, you know your ideology about democratizing the data? Because that's always a concept that people hear about is like you know what does it really mean? Yeah, I think democratizing data in a simple sense obviously means that everybody has access to the data they want and need to see. But I think one, and that's back to your point actually about data and culture as one well, or two of the five pillars of mm -hmm. digital transformation. Culture also means having the right education, right? So yes. um, we, we have to avoid that people misinterpret actually what they're seeing. They have to be knowledgeable right. enough to understand what those metrics mean and not take it in the wrong way. And then without us interfering, let's say, from an expertise point of view, they may be interpreted wrong. And then it goes all kind of in the other way that we actually wanted to. So um, education, we take also very seriously in the analytics uh, department here at Adidas. So we are having like uh, different types of trainings, workshops, academy concepts to really onboard people and educate them. And people accept it. that. And, and you're saying because the culture, people accept it. So that for me, I mean, I, you know, where I'm at my current employer, it's one of those things to where data, if you don't have data and you can't back it up with data, nobody listens to you. So it's obviously yeah. <laughs> there. I mean, I know Samiria, especially in the energy industry too, you know, places like that, a lot of times is being able to, push data to people and have them accept it you know exactly exactly I'm and i sure. mean especially in traditional organizations if you want mm -hmm. to make proposals for leveraging data and moving the needle for you uh, the traditional types of organization it, it's very hard like unless you are able to make them touch and feel the data and you know goes to the concept of like democratizing the data uh, like how do you make them as a part of this data instead of being an outsider exactly yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, um, it's basically that feeling of moving away from asking us for um, just different KPIs, uh, how they're performing without even understanding what mm -hmm. they mean. 
to maybe asking us for business objectives first, like something in a business context, is less doing well? Or are we meeting what we wanted to do and our objectives that we wanted to achieve? And then we can put the right KPIs to it and tell him- What a concept. Right? What a right. concept, creating. That's a great, yeah. Let, let, me, let me give you data that helps you achieve your goals. Mind exactly, exactly. <laughs> <But> <laughs> fundamental, the fundamental, sometimes we forget yeah. it, right? Uh, well, so, so that, that's yeah. great. Yeah, you saying something? No, I was gonna say, it's funny, I'm sitting there sometimes in meetings and, and sometimes somebody asks me, it's like, well, can you show us the data to really solve the problem? And the first thing you say, well, what are you trying to accomplish? Exactly, right? And the, you know, I, I can give you data all you want and make stuff up or show you any variation of the data depending on how I slice it. But unless it solves your goal, it doesn't mean anything. So, yeah, it's sometimes formal, right? Fear of missing out. <laughs> so yeah, it's shocking. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, well, so I had to, the, yeah. Yeah, sure. No, I had already once of one of these conversations where somebody had a brand new project and they just came to me directly and asked, can you give me a KPI framework? I'm like, what even <laughs> what? is the project about? For what? <laughs> what? I don't even know what to measure. Like, tell me about your project first, and then I can tell you what you need to measure. But yeah, I mean, yeah, those are the. Like, it almost sounds too funny as a conversation to be true, but this happens, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happens all the time. You'll be surprised. What happens to us? That's what. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so moving on to the next question. Um, and this is a very mm -hmm. interesting one. I know that you're working on multiple things and you do things on your own. Uh, we're mm -hmm. just curious to know what are the other exciting things that's going on in your life, you know, work-wise or personally, enlighten us. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I guess work-wise, there's quite a few things that um, uh, we are uh, working on currently that is very exciting. One of them is basically making sense of all the announcements of collaborations we have. So, I mean, by now, everybody knows last year we announced our collaboration with Beyonce and Ivy Park, for example. That was big. We also announced our collaboration with Ninja, the gamer, so really going to the esports sector more. Mm -hmm. But we also had that big uh, launch with the product collaboration, right? Having that bag and that superstar to uh, so combining right. luxury with um, the leather. But the whole idea behind it is people react online, obviously, to those announcements. And um, ideally, we can see by how people talk about it and how they react to it, how successful, ideally, then the collaboration itself when we launch is it going to be. So this is kind of going into prediction a little bit, but also nice. generally just understanding how different announcement formats, for example, have different kinds of reactions from the consumer. So um, that is uh, coming more and more because announcement itself and teasing or leaking in the sneaker language um, is a mechanism on its own, but really figuring that out and how to make it the best possible way is something that we're currently working on. Um, I guess another one would be then to look into the product reviews that I mentioned before from the e-commerce side. Mm -hmm. So by basically seeing how people review our products that we're selling, we are trying to make more tactical and strategic decisions on future products. So right. if we know that certain things work, um, it could be the midsole, it could be a certain colorway, but it could be also a silhouette or a franchise, then uh, we can basically help the business to say, okay, further down the line in a few seasons, we might be able to do this more and this might work a little bit better. Um, so you are one of those businesses that are actually using the reviews. <laughs> for sure, yeah. Because a lot of people don't. <laughs> yeah, it has not always been that way, but we are now on a good track. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Exactly. And uh, lastly, that is also exciting. So we are, um, obviously every brand, big brand has these kind of brand health 
uh, measurements on a corporate level. And um, just like that, we have always also had a survey-based solution to do this, like every month asking people how they perceive us and so on and so on. But we are now piloting this idea of using digital data actually to measure that. That means looking into social listening and measuring perception of um, how we as a brand are perceived at a time. And that um, hopefully then being more granular and being more actionable than what we get from a survey. Because as you know, surveys are always more fixed. You always see descriptive what is going on up and down, but you don't never know why because you didn't ask that question because the questionnaire is already too long. So um, basically having social listening data allows us to like go really deep and also slice and dice a bit more on what actually are um, related to uh, our perception. Very cool. Yeah. So, so, I, other mm-hmm. so um, uh, and I know we have another question that we wanted to ask you, but I, I just thought of something. Um, what we like to do is when we have guests on, on, on the show is ask them to give advice to people who are wanting to get into the industry, like wanting to get into data analytics. You know, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know Samir and I do a lot of mentoring, uh, you know, of young up and coming marketers. And they say, you know what, I really have this big interest in data. Like, how do you get in there? Like, do you have influences? Do you have books you read? Do you have, uh, you know, people you listen to? How, how do they learn more? Like, wh- what advice would you give them, you know, to, to, to get them where you, where they want to be, I guess? Oh, man, that's, that's a great question. Um, take, I mean, take, I would take say... Take a little f- few moments if you need, so, yeah. Sure. Um... Uh, it's not an easy one yeah cool i mean i guess so um first of all what you said right having an interest in data analytics all of a sudden obviously is a a very good basis for it so Mm -hmm. um at least you would need to start to be open to looking at data that's like a passion for it like actually have an interest okay exactly exactly so that i guess would be a start but from then there's a lot you can do in nowadays, I think, in, in terms of basics, right? So I guess a little bit of statistics, basics would be interested for the really new joiners, but also like just um, looking at some Excel stuff, like really um, how certain formulas work, how certain uh, tables can be looked at and what makes a table a table, for example. And then really, I guess the connection is to go from whatever your area you're working on, let's say you're a marketer, Mm-hmm. to then think about how do I make it measurable. So I think it's this thinking scenario of, I like it. this is what I'm doing right now. Can, could I measure if that's successful or not? And what would be the KPIs to it? And that step then going into a tool or whatever your basis is to then make it measurable. So, um, I mean, that's anyway, what, what I think makes a good analyst is, I mean, obviously being good at data and being good at math and being good at mm-hmm. uh, data science stuff is the hard skills of it. The real soft skills that makes it even more important in today's world is being able to translate it from the storytelling. Exactly. Storytelling. But also the more you understand the context of the the person that you're talking to about those data, the more you can meet their needs and try to validate or disvalidate them with the alternative solution on certain things. And that translation of um, data and the whole numbers world into the business and marketing of whatever world, that I guess is something that uh, people really need to uh, pay attention to more nowadays. That has been not mentioned a lot as far as I can see um, so far in, in the analytics world. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, because I, I think Great. for a lot of our listeners, you know, it, and I get these questions a lot, it's like, 
I have a passion for this. I just don't know where to go. I mean, should I listen to a certain person? Should I write? And a lot of it for me, I think it's what you're saying is just get in there. Exactly. Get in there. Start working mm-hmm. on it. Start practicing. Just go through trial and error and and find somebody that is senior to you, not by age, but by experience, right? Um, exactly. Somebody that's senior to you to come in and, and give you uh, criticism, good criticism. It's like, exactly. hey, I think you're looking at this wrong, or why didn't you look at this? Or why are you only looking at primary data? What yeah. about secondary data or tertiary data? Um, are you looking at the direct or indirect aspects of data? Um, you know, what do you, you know, how are you storytelling? How are you mm-hmm. turning around and, and telling the story? Because well, I remember this is like Samir and I, when we were starting off as marketers, we'd be in this room and I would call them the four horsemen, product, finance, <laughs> sales, and marketing, right? All those four people would be in the room and you have to do a presentation that speaks to every single person. Oh and yeah. If you sure. do one that's mm-hmm. only to marketing, sales is like, what was what that? About me? What about me? What <laughs> yeah, about me? You didn't tell me anything. <laughs> And finance was like, you didn't show me a single number. What is going on? I gave you $20,000 to spend and I didn't get a single return. And then products like, um, so do people (laughs) like our product or not? Or what's the feedback? So everyone is very different. Yeah. I mean, Samir, you and I probably have stories for days on that. Yeah, no. And I think it's an interesting thing because, uh, for me, like someone who is a new, uh, one of the things that I tell them, like, unless you do it, you're always going to be new, right? You just have mm-hmm. to put yourself in the position you have to do it. And kind of what you're saying, Kai, it's like uh, people need to start uh, taking those risks, taking those challenges. If they were to become an expert in data, they need to start playing with data. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Being an outsider, you're never going to be it. Uh, it's going to be very, very challenging and difficult, and you're not going to become the expert that you want to be by just dipping your toe you just need to immerse yourself in data and experience it exactly exactly and i guess i mean to your point finding somebody who mentors them or like being more a senior person to them um as far as i know so far every analyst has been really nice (laughs) right and i mean as my son also says we're all really cool and we make great sidekicks so i don't (laughs) think we should be afraid of talking to analysts right so i mean i think every analyst would be really helpful if they would know that you would be really interested in understanding more about data, because this is how right. we are. We love to talk about it. Right. So yeah. um, I think that's a great point. Yeah. It's, and like I said, it's, it's one of those things to where at the end of the day, what we want to make sure is that we, we are helping the next generation um, of people, you know, ready to go on and, and to be able to do what we do. Because I mean, the thing is, if, you got to have new blood. You got to have new people in there. And, you know, we talk about the five pillars. One of them is people, right? Mm. You got to have people who are willing to learn and transform. And Samir right. and I have had podcast after podcast about there's new types of titles and roles coming up and there's new things that people really have to, you know, understand in order to be effective. So, um, so let, let's, uh, let's move over to the last question because we're coming up around time. So I guess with that is, is there anything you want to share, you know, with our audience? Sure. Yeah, Yeah. I guess. I mean, the first thing obviously would be my song. So um, you can find my digital analytics anthem on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, but also you can check out the whole lyrics video on YouTube. Um, And I'm happy for everybody to spread the word. Um, I think like um, if people enjoy that song and they feel also represented as an analyst, for example, or they want to show others how cool it is to be an analyst, Feel free to use it. I'm all happy for it. Um, because we're cool. So it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're exactly. definitely going to put a 
link on the podcast notes as well. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. or self-proclaimed yeah. cool, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my kids exactly. think I'm cool, so <laughs> <laughs> that's all that counts, right? Yeah, <laughs> all good, cool. Totally. And lastly, I mean, that's more of a current interest I have. It's a book recommendation. So okay. um, that's related to um, the work anyway I'm doing. So I'm working, as I said, a lot with text, but also language. So there's this book I read called Because Internet, Understanding the New Rules of Language nice. by Gretchen McCulloch. She is actually a linguist professor. Um, and she basically um, talks about how in the past we had dialects based on regions. But because of the internet now, everything is kind of culturally more merged. But mm -hmm. also the internet itself has its own dialect, which is hashtags and memes and all these kind of things. But that has now an right. effect on the offline world as well. So everybody basically talks different because of the internet now. And that is a very exciting book basically to read. Whoever is interested in that topic, um, that was definitely a great read for me. Very cool. Like when awesome. I text, I, I text with full punctuation. It's wow. Just... One of the few left, huh? <laughs> I, 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 I am. You're I am really into in, language, Jeremy. <laughs> no, I, I, I am earning my PhD right now, so it's one of those things to worry. Oh about. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Okay, no, that's the right thing. Keep everything has in. to be. I don't want. I don't want to discourage you from it. No, everything has to be APA, uh, APA approved. You know, so yeah. I have to full punctuation, full yeah. text. Don't don't yeah, start using hashtags in your thesis, right? I don't. No, <laughs> I don't use stringent requirements there. No slang either. It's all like, it's like straight text. People are like, wow, you're no a total way. dork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has yeah. been awesome, man. This has been great. And like I said, if, if you, if you've got any cool new stuff, we'd love to have you back on the podcast. Um, sure. You know, if like a new song or something, you know, maybe we can feature that one too, but you know, this has been yeah. fantastic. So great. any, any last, for having me. <laughs> yeah. Any, any last words, Samir or? No, this is great. You know, thanks, Kai. I really appreciate it. And so this is uh, one of the one of the best podcasts we've ever had. I think the, the insights that you shared is going to be useful to our listeners and uh, to our listeners. You know, keep uh, listening to our show and keep following us and keep providing all those feedbacks and reviews. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, fantastic. So uh, we are very excited. Like I said, keep them coming in. We. We we're working with another company right now to try to get them on the podcast too. And we just keep on having requests coming in. So we're excited about this and we look forward to your feedback, your suggestions, check us out on analytics podcast NXAPodcast.com, And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys on the air. Looking forward to seeing you. Thanks Kai. Thanks. Thanks, man. Yo, to all the digital analysts out there, this is for you. So, Listen up, yo. Take a deep breath, and I open up my laptop. Hacking in my 16-bit super encrypted password. Spotify knows my jam. Hashtag productivity. Every morning I get in my zone with the ceremony. Open up my inbox, so the game begins now. Bold subject lines with a bunch of exclamation marks. KBIs, KBIs, all I read is KBIs. Nothing will happen until I decide to reply. My tables are bigger than your longest diary entry. I crunch data faster than Sherlock's elementary. If you just want numbers, the phone book has a website. Cause I'm a proper analyst with action level insights. Dashboards, all they want is dashboards. 
sorry, but just looking at some charts doesn't make you smart. Business and analytics on this together. Jocks and nerds together make everything just better. Benji helped Ethan make every mission possible. Without help from Q, James Bond could never save the world. Jack Bauer would be dead without Chloe O'Brien. Without a matrix operator, Neo wouldn't be flying. I'm not couch experience, I'm better than any basket quiz. Nothing makes me laugh out harder than the Makatunis. CEO, CMO, CTO, and CIO. They are golden digital, but we are the experts to know. We are analysts and analysts are we We are analysts We understand data Translating the message Translating data Analytics not just a job It's a way of living a life Live your life, yo We're proud to be analysts For this reason we First, what else should I say? Let me break about my skills the analytics way. SQL, Alteryx, Tableau MicroStrategy, R and Python scripts, formulas in an Excel sheet. Marketing mix modeling, social media marketing, conversion optimization, paid media efficiency, consumer targeting, data-driven storytelling, voice of the consumer embedded into everything. User experience, mobile app engagement, not to forget data science and data governance. Data is the oil of today's world, but we're the magicians who turn data Analytics.